0: Thomas Hedges is a freelance photographer, videographer, and writer based out of New York and New Jersey. He has a B.A. in English from Colgate University and an M.A. in French History from Columbia University in Paris. In college, he was captain of Colgate's Division I cross-country and track teams and taught classes in prisons during the summers in Trenton, New Jersey. In graduate school, he worked in a bakery in Belleville. He has led backpacking, canoeing, whitewater kayaking, and sailing wilderness trips for the Chewanke Foundation and Alfred Lake Camp, including a two-month-long trek across the Maine and New Hampshire portion of the Appalachian Trail. He currently works as a photography instructor at Princeton Photo Workshop. his work has appeared in The Guardian, Salon, Demos, The Nation, Now This, and CBS. He has also done commercial work for New Belgium Brewing Company, Wood Partners LLC, and GitHub Inc. He cooks to relax and loves finding new perspectives. You can find out more about Thomas at his website thomashedges.org, that's T-H-O-M-A-S-H-E-D-G-E-S, or on Instagram at T-H-R-E-A-D-G-E-S. For this reading of Road Rage, the role of Josh is played by Billy Martell. The role of Dawson is played by Bo Wilson. The role of Host is played by Tom Schmidt. The role of Pavel the server is played by Julie Stackhouse with stage directions and cues read by Kaylee DeHopman.
1: Scene one, external. Josh is walking on the street heading to a restaurant where he's meeting with his father Dawson. The following is an inner monologue where we watch him pay for parking, walk down the street, and eventually up to the restaurant.
2: 13 years old. That's how old I was when he started going away. And I remember because that's when I was spending all my time selling cutco kitchen knives door to door. I was making money. He was in the desert, woods or caves of some corner of the earth chasing rare pigeons, hidden tribes, epiphanies, anything exotic really. Anyway, that's kind of the way things have been since he started leaving. I'm tuned out. He's tuned in. That's what he makes it feel like. And so it isn't surprising that we also haven't spoken to each other in three years, until today.
1: Scene 2. Interior. Josh walks up to an unmarked building and stops to look down at his phone, seeing if he has the right address. He does. He rings the doorbell. The door opens.
3: Hi. Hello. Welcome. Are you Mr. Josh Clark? Uh, Yes, I am. Wonderful. Mr. Dawson Clark is waiting for you upstairs.
1: The two walk up the stairs. Josh peeks into a downstairs room filled with original cartoon artwork.
3: That's the H. Philip Crowler room. Cartoonist for the Sentinel for 30 years. All his original artwork hanging on these walls, except for that
1: one. The host points to a single drawing tucked into the corner of the room. I drew that one. Cuts to a drawing of a parked, car, packed car speeding down a highway with each passenger in a state of crisis or psychosis. Josh looks up at the host as the host smiles. Host then continues up the stairs. Scene three, interior. Cuts to Dawson and the host reaching the top of the stairs.
3: I can take your coat.
1: Josh takes off his coat and hands it to the host. The host puts it away and then comes back. Follow me. The host then leads Josh to the table where Dawson is sitting.
2: Josh, how are you? Hi, good. Uh,
1: cuts to a close-up of Dawson's accent piece.
2: How is everything? Good. Here, sit. Actually, I'm going to use the bathroom quickly.
1: Josh goes to look for the bathroom. He spots the host and goes to ask him where he can find it, but the host is having a conversation with another server named Pavel.
3: Pavel, somebody said you were telling people we have vicious soup today.
4: Uh, yes.
3: It's this guy soy soup?
4: Uh, But this is what the chef said.
3: It's Vicky soy soup. It's, this is very far from debatable.
4: Well, I thought maybe it could be a new flavor.
3: A new flavor? Tell you what, why don't you run down to the corner store and grab me a bag of chips, okay? Viscous flavor?
1: Speaking continues, but it's indistinguishable josh is subtly looking on the host eventually comes back
3: sorry about that he's new he's from montreal so restroom yeah just wherever it actually is
1: scene four interior josh comes back from the restroom
5: well you look great thanks yeah i'm doing well and uh how's um marie right
2: Marie's my girlfriend. I'm going to propose to her in about a month, but I don't know. I didn't want to tell him that.
5: I, that's great.
2: So, where are you living these days? Well, you can probably guess. He was still traveling, and I still couldn't figure out whether it was an addiction, or a process, or even something else. My Aunt Debbie was like that, addicted to traveling. She'd move every couple of years with that grass is greener mentality. It took her a while to realize that life kind of sucks no matter where you live. She finally had enough and killed herself last year in Ireland. And how's Aunt Debbie? She killed herself? No, yeah, she killed herself. What? You didn't hear? Yeah, in Ireland. She was living in Galway and she killed herself. How? Yeah, apparently she strapped herself with a bunch of dynamite. Dynamite? Is that... She found a stash of it in the shed by the sea. That's what they said.
3: So
5: just... Yeah. You know, she's the one who taught me how profound traveling can be for the soul. She always was an excellent cook. She loved cooking. She could have opened a restaurant. We
2: talked for a while about Debbie. (laughs) about how mom was taking it. We talked about Marie, about my job, my dog. Finally, I asked him why he was in town.
1: The host comes over to take their order.
3: Gentlemen, I have a couple of specials I'd like to tell you about today. As an appetizer, we have a viscous soup garnished with pickled leeks and a drizzle of vira noisette. <laughs> and for our main course, we have a minced duck ravioli that's served with a port reduc- wine reduction and sage butter sauce. Can I start you off with a beverage?
2: water is fine with me i'll have a pellegrino with lemon
3: okay i'll have that right out
1: scene five interior dawson sits up and changes his tone
3: so i
5: actually asked you to come today because i wanted to ask you something and it's not going to be conventional although that probably doesn't surprise you but keep an open mind if you can i'm going on a trip in march and i want you to come along with me.
1: Josh gives Dawson a look that says, is that it?
2: A trip? What are we talking
5: about? What kind of trip? Well, a group of really good, decent people. And these are people I met in India while I was freight hopping. Freight hopping? Are train tickets in India probably dirt cheap? I did, well, I bought tickets and I was actually on a regular passenger train. It's just, they still call it freight hopping because it's referring to the culture of being on the road more than anything else.
1: Josh doesn't really react.
5: But anyway, these people, they're
1: amazing people. Some of them are poets,
5: engineers. One of them plays the French horn in the Philadelphia Symphony Orchestra. The gentleman sitting over there is coming with us Dawson
1: gestures over to a man sitting at another table.
5: We want to take members of our families, cousins, aunts, godchildren, so on, anyone who would be interested really, we want to have the people close to us take a two month long retreat this spring in the caves of Thermanus in Iceland. No, hell no. But, hold on, These there are these caves that are absolutely stunning. It's where the crew of Swedish sailor Garor Savarsson took refuge in the ninth century when they got lost and drifted ashore Iceland. We've, we've raised enough money that for what, whoever is interested in joining us, we can reasonably compensate those people if they have to leave their jobs or need someone to take care of their kids. We have enough money to cover any of those sorts of responsibilities. You're gonna freeze to death anyway. Well, see, that's just it. These caves are tremendously effective when it comes to retaining heat. And going in the springtime, I I mean, it will be a bit rugged, but that's part of the point. Josh, haven't you ever wondered why families here tend to fall apart?
1: Scene six, interior.
2: You mean families like ours? Yes. Um, is it because fathers have midlife crises that prompt them to travel the world as if they were in their 20s again, and... uh... Hold on, Josh.
5: I'm not here to ask for your forgiveness, please. But then what is the point of this trip? Well, maybe part of it is about forgiveness, but it's also about a lot more than that. I mean, haven't you ever thought that in our society, in American society today, isn't it interesting? That whenever someone proposes another way of living, another way of being, that that person is shut down and
2: ridiculed. But there's a difference between saying criticism and then leaving your family to go do hippy-dippy shit in the medieval ruins of Montenegro just because society wasn't treating you right.
5: I'm not trying to justify my behavior from the past. I did what I did. But I also don't think... It's healthy for the people who fuck up in America. I mean, like, think of all the people who go to jail. I mean, at a certain point, when so many people are considered fuck-ups, where does it stop? You could have stayed around,
2: is all. I'm not interested in making political points. And my least favorite word, by the way, is society. Especially when you say it.
1: The host comes back with the drinks. Cuts to Pavel, who is at another table reciting the day's specials.
4: Today we have a very
1: viscous soup topped with handpicked leeks and a beurre norset for a main course we have a...
3: Oh, what the f-
1: The host catches himself and then takes out a notepad mm-hmm. to take food orders from Dawson and Josh.
3: Do we need more time with the menu? I'm ready. Yeah, I'll have the,
2: uh, soup. I'll try the squaw gras and mushroom risotto here. I'll have that right now.
1: Pause as host leaves
2: instead of going on these spiritual adventures, you could have gotten a job because that's what most people do. And you could have come to my soccer games or whatever. It doesn't matter. Look, I'm not even saying that you should have been here all the time. I just don't want your urge, this like need to, to twist life into the way you think it should be to come in between me and anything else. Yeah, the, the world isn't fair, but you, I mean, you act like a child sometimes going to some cave in Iceland. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And even now, this conversation, it's like I should be the one yelling at the father about how life isn't fair, not the other way around.
5: I know our relationship isn't the archetypal father-son relationship, but where has that one gotten us? Where has the one where the child is craving some sort of hope and creativity in life while the father flattens the child into a one-dimensional labor-focused centipede gotten us? Fucking droves of slumbering and miserable Americans getting up early and going to jobs where they just wait to take orders from other people to do things that don't involve any kind of creativity. Just a mechanical way of being and living. It's so depressing. So dark
1: scene seven, interior, cuts to Pavel, who's gloomily clearing a table near where they are sitting. He overhears and gives off a look. Josh notices, but Dawson does not.
5: Josh, have you ever thought that I went away with you in mind? That maybe I figured I was not healthy enough to be a positive force in your life and that the only way I could be was to resolve all of the issues I had that can't be resolved in this rotten, decaying society elsewhere. That to untangle myself from all the harm and destruction that so many parents, I mean, look at the opioid addiction crisis.
2: Jesus, where is this going?
5: You have thousands of parents who are home with the kids. The only thing is that they're shooting drugs into their veins and then killing themselves in front of their kids. Now, is that better than a parent who is more absent? But precisely because he or she understands what effects their unprocessed pain might have on their child. Why do we act? And in America, this seems to be even more extreme. Why do we act like we can never be powerless? We always have to be, we always have to persist and stay on course. You get knocked down, time to get up immediately and get at it, even if it means barreling forward and destroying things in your life. As long as you move forward, whatever that means, you'll make it in America. That's what they say.
1: The when host I was comes thinking. back with the food and places it on the table.
5: When I was living underground in the Hong Kong metro system, I I told you I was living down there with a group of Buddhist monks. Well, there were mothers and fathers, I mean, mostly fathers, whose children were living literally above their heads, but they wouldn't see them for months at a time because they didn't want their children to see them in that state. And so they sequestered themselves down in the depths of the metro system. Some of them we helped recover from their drug problems, from their criminal habits and abusive tendencies and such, but not all of them recovered. Josh, sometimes the world breaks people and we don't like to admit it. I left when you were a boy because I knew that I was about to be broken. I knew I was on that path because if I had stayed I would have unleashed my ills onto you, and that's what parents do. And then, when you would have left home, you would have carried whatever it is I had done to you with you. I would have become a broken man.
2: Well, it was embarrassing having to explain to other kids in middle school that your father was absent because he was on permanent vacation. A a broken man? A man with a good-paying job and a family living in America, and you're talking about how you were scared of becoming a broken man? Josh, wealth isn't everything in life. I don't understand why this life here wasn't enough for you. Aren't you happy with your Pellegrino and and with a slice of lemon and a bed that you're legally allowed to have an accent piece? Dawson shrugs playfully. If you weren't doing well, as you said, and you felt like sticking around was going to harm me, how much of that has to do with this society and how much of it has to do with your idealistic, fantastical, you know, totally erroneous understanding of what it means to live life on this planet? I'm fine. Plenty of people around me are fine. I don't know if you're fine. Is it the world that was going to break you or was it your expectations and all this stuff? about learning from other cultures, aren't you just, it seems like you're just fetishizing these other people. I mean, if, if these other ways of being, of being are so wonderful, why do you have to keep abandoning them in search of others? That's not what they're doing, right? So that's all to say that I'm not coming to you, I'm not coming with you to Iceland, Dad. At a certain point in a person's life, you just need to settle. I'm tired. I don't want to keep chasing things, keep wanting something different. The whole of life is only what we have and nothing more than that, I
5: I think.
1: So that's it.
5: The poverty, depression, the violence, the cynicism, the bigotry, that rush hour road rage we put up with twice a day, every day, those things just tick away while we continue doing whatever it is we do in the lives we've settled for. I people are waiting for humanity's next colossal atrocity, like we had the Holocaust almost 80 years ago, and now we're waiting for the next big thing, and we know it's coming, but we don't know what it's going to be, and maybe, in fact, it's already begun, and we just don't see it. I mean, when I was walking over here to the coffee shop, I was on the sidewalk, and this deer Emerged from the woods and ran across the street. And this car almost hit the deer. And the man driving honked and cursed until the deer scampered off, very confused. And then he turned to me and he said, What a fucking idiot. And I thought to myself, Is this how we think about the world now? This other creature is foreign and the road is a foreign world to him and he's right to think so because most of his world is just trees and streams. Roads are rare for him and he will never understand that we've carved this little avenues in the woods to be able to barrel forward in heavy machinery but that idea is gone now. Everything's just an extension of the road and anything that stops us from using the road is not something to think about, it's something to get mad at to reject, kill, destroy. There are little holocausts happening on the road every single day in America. I can't participate anymore.
1: Scene nine, exterior. Jumps forward in time to Josh walking down the street back to his car. It's raining.
2: We ended up speaking for almost three hours in that coffee shop. I left feeling confused and let down. I guess I'd wanted some sort of apology to see him feel some sense of remorse instead I left with even more questions and doubts.
1: He stops and turns around and watches Dawson walk the other way down the street.
2: I mean, can you imagine spending 2 months in a snowy cave in Iceland with this motherfucker?
0: Plots.
4: <laughs> <laughs> can I can I ask real quick um wait are we calling you Tommy boy Thomas or Tom? Is a <laughs>
0: Look what I started. Um, I know.
4: It's your fault, Isaac. Um, uh,
6: yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Anything you want.
4: Okay. Uh, Tommy boy. Um, no, I won't do that. Thomas. Uh, is this meant for, um, is it going to be a short film or is this something that you're shopping for maybe, maybe a feature or theater?
6: Uh, it was originally meant as a short film, okay. which it was produced uh, with no budget. Uh, But Isaac did a great job uh, acting as Josh. So that was the the intention was a short, short uh, film.
4: Gotcha. Are you thinking about possibly expanding it to more or?
6: Yes. Yes. Uh, It's it's always been, I've always looked at it as a kind of exercise. Um, I just felt like I wanted to write something punchy. Uh, And so it can definitely be expanded on, I think, because right now it's, it it i kept it pretty simple and in some ways it's a little bit one dimensional because it's just a it's just a conversation it's not really it doesn't have as much narrative i
4: mean the one thing that i was going to say that i find like really interesting is the fact that you know it is obviously like very dialogue heavy, but at the same time the dynamic between the father and son that relationship i think is very um I mean, it's, I would say it's definitely more, way more than one dimensional in, in that respect. Um, and there's so much visually that I could see, you know, within that and, and that conversation and the just the dialogue that you have there, which I thought was just really cool. So I just wanted to commend you on that.
6: Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that.
2: be interesting to turn it into a sort of uh, uh, heavily political version of City Slickers where the two of them end up having to go on this trip together and getting separated from the main group, and then they're just like arguing the entire time while their <laughs> lives are in danger, or something like that.
1: <laughs> that is. Spending two months with him, bam, in a car. Yeah,
6: could you
2: could you <laughs> imagine spending two months with him and then hard cut? He's in a car, in the back of a cab. Goes, I can't believe I'm spending two months with this motherfucker. <laughs>
6: <laughs> That's great. That's the a great irony. Answer. That would be amazing. <laughs> I yeah. should I should say by the way that it, it the, the, the the has anybody seen my dinner with Andre? with Walt
2: that I have not seen it. That's
6: what this is based on. I mean based on this this sense. was inspired by that. So yeah.
2: Right. Yeah, that makes an awful lot of sense. My wife is in my dinner with Andre.
5: She's one of the diners in the background
6: He's or she's a waitress. A waitress. <laughs> I forget which.
1: She's no one, she's either
5: a waitress or she's one of the diners in the background. I forget which.
6: That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Small world. I know. I would have loved to dine at that restaurant. (laughs)
0: I'm going to have to rewatch that now. Tom. Um, I'm interested after reading it, uh,
3: where can we find the produce piece? I just want to see how it was. I
0: I just put it in the chat window. Oh, okay, cool. Cool. So you'll see a YouTube link. That's it. And then you'll see uh, Thomas's website and Instagram handle there. Sweet. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was uh, interesting. That was, uh, I was still in Pennsylvania at the time and uh, I had started to develop a small network in the DMV, the DC, Maryland, Virginia area. And a guy named Wes heads a group called Charm City Filmmakers. And basically he's, he does it out of the good, goodness of his heart, honestly. Like he's, he is an incredibly experienced man. And the hell he puts himself through just to make sure that that new directors and, and screenwriters have a platform, it's, it's amazing what he does. So uh, yeah, that's Charm City Filmmakers and i got involved with two of those short films it was offered a third but it was a really tiny part and that's a long drive so i I took two so uh i was i was like all right let's see what this is gonna be like and then i got the script and i was like this is gonna be awesome this is (laughs) this is a great back and forth now i just i had to help find uh my dad because the guy that was originally cast as my dad i forget what happened with him tom Um, but he had to back out like right away. Right.
6: Uh, I actually don't really remember either. I don't remember what, it was very quick, quick. Uh, but yeah, I don't exactly remember what
0: happened. No, 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 no. Actually it was,
6: it was that he wasn't comfortable playing the part. He wasn't, he didn't feel confident enough to, to read it.
0: That's right. That's right. And I remember the, the read through with him, he was not finding it. And I think, right. I think rather than try to find it, he just threw his hands up. Um, yeah, yeah.
5: Um, Tom, I apologize if I was completely 180 degrees from where you imagine that father being. Uh, it's it's one of the perils of a cold all. reading. Um, I would encourage you to think hard about awkwarding up the first 10 minutes or or five minutes between the, they haven't spoken in three years. And that's, that's said out loud, but it's not in the way they interact. Um, Particularly the father. Oh, how's Diana? You know, I mean, I I don't know if he should be ashamed of himself or if he's just trying to pretend that it hasn't been three years, but there's something about that gap that needs to make its way into how they interact with each other that I feel like is isn't there yet.
2: An alternate suggestion, because the it's said in the script that uh, Josh is expecting him to be very apologetic, and he's not. Maybe he is acting like no time has passed at all, but Josh is super taken aback by that. Like, oh, we're not gonna you you're acting like we just said bye yesterday. You know, like sure, sort
5: of sure. And let Josh yeah. say that. Go yeah, ahead. I mean, he, sure. he has permission to comment on the fact that his father's being fucking weird. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
6: Right. Um,
5: <laughs> and, and then dad can, oh, I'm not weird at all. What's the point of acting like there's something wrong? There's nothing wrong. You know, um, right, right. I don't know. It's just a thought. Yeah.
6: No, I think that's a great suggestion. And it was tough to how much awkwardness in the beginning. And so it's in my head. I can picture it. But it has to be, obviously, for the viewer, more explicit. So that, um, uh, that's a very useful note. Thank you.
0: Yeah, and having been there uh, and knowing the script so well, that is totally what you're shooting for, Tom. You were shooting for a lot of the awkward. So that's, that's really, yeah, really helpful.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, um, I have a suggestion too. Now, keep in mind, I'm not a writer and I have mad respect for all writers, so please take this. <laughs> <for yourself. laughs> um, the only thing I could add is maybe what makes pain and what makes conflict stronger is the peace and love and moments of joy And I feel like those moments were missing a little bit from the script, especially towards the end. It's a lot of big speeches. Maybe throw a joke in there where they lighten up for a second before there's the final split between them. Just to kind of give you that back and forth where you're like, oh, maybe they'll get to... No. (laughs) That kind of feeling. Does that make sense?
6: Yes. Yeah. I I also tried to write some jokes in there, but either they didn't land or I didn't put enough in. So sure i could put more humor in
0: and also Bo, that's that's one of the the beautiful things about cold reading a a reader's theater is that you have a a completely original take on something and i what was that like for you tom to have a brand new cast doing this it was
6: it was great um it 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 you know it's been a couple years so almost three years so i listened to it differently uh you know reading it is completely different this time around when i think of the catastrophe 80 years later clearly it's <laughs> COVID. i realized yeah uh, so um but it is also interesting because i think about the characters in different ways and um it was read really well um cool. but
5: yeah I, I i can tell you that there were parts of him that i su- you heard it i i go straight into jay peterman where he's so over the top, sure of himself. Right, right, and
1: right.
5: then other parts that I was like, I feel this, this is real. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't know if that's useful or not, but I mean, my, my reading definitely reflected, I thought like there were times when I thought he's not real at all. This is a Monty Python character. And then other times when I was like, this guy is to the bone real.
6: Yeah, uh, I wanted to so tell him yeah.
5: Yeah, which parts of him are performative and which parts are sincere is a thing worth looking at right it's right. interesting
2: as well uh we, we've we there's been this new term that's cropped up in modern political discourse of what about ism uh whenever uh you talk to uh a politician and they say well what about this what about that and it has nothing to do with what the the reporter asked them uh and i i i was thinking about that a lot when it came to the father's dialogue because because josh would say something like so you uh abandoned me and uh i'm completely fucked up for it and he was like but what about star wars you know like you just like <laughs> go off on a completely random direction and uh, you know like isn't it yeah it's bad that i abandoned you but isn't it bad that some fathers abuse their kids <laughs> something to think about it's, it's
0: not, no it's not <laughs> and before we also before we We do finish up and move on. I wanted to just say that some of the, some of what you, this struck me on the initial read when we were filming it. Your use of language to paint a picture in in so many parts of the (laughs) script is just gorgeous. I mean, not just the the word picture, but what you are saying, the message that's getting across. With the everything's become a continuation of the road. That that Mm -hmm. part of the script was floored me the first time I read it and it continues to. Great, great job.
6: Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much.